Let me pray just as we come to God's word, just for a, a few moments. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence here this morning. We, we uh, as Les prayed in the prayer meeting earlier, it's not that we invite your presence. Lord, your presence is here with us all the time. But Lord, we want, to, we want to know that presence and we want to know your power. And uh, Lord, we, we thank you that you do speak to us and you are speaking to us. And just we just give you these moments and we pray, Lord, speak to us. Give us ears to hear what you're saying and hearts to respond in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just want to draw our attention. Um, I was going to speak on something else, but then in, in light of what happened with Glenn on Tuesday, I just prayed quite a lot. And I just thought, Lord, what, what do you want us to look at? What do you want us to say? Where, where are we heading for Sunday? And so this is where I am. Psalm 61, the first five verses in Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my vows. You've given me the heritage of those who fear your name. John, we've got a bit of booming down the front here, so I don't, just to let you know. How do we respond to God in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of suffering, pain? I recognise that some here didn't even know Glyn, or some, he was the man that often sat at the back there and projected all the songs that we sang, and you go, oh, okay, that guy. Or the man who came with his wife more recently uh, with the um, ability dog. You remember the ability dog that was here for a few weeks? Yeah. That, that's the man, Glenn. Now, but some of you will know him very personally. You'll know him well. But there, we live in a world of suffering. We live in a world of pain. We live in a world where things are happening all the time. I was personally so struck, and I'll come back to this after communion, just as we finish, but I was struck, particularly myself, on Tuesday uh, about the, the suddenness, really. Albeit, Glenn had been diagnosed with quite severe, potentially severe form of cancerous growth. But I was texting him and talking to him on Monday, <laughs> Literally, and, and as others of us were. And then he's gone. And we know that. Many of us have, will have been touched by, by that in different ways over the years. And, uh, and if, if not this week, in the weeks to come, in different ways. How do we respond? Where is God? How do, and perhaps more importantly, how do we worship? How do we come to God in these moments? We journey through life. There will be instances and situations that will stop us in our tracks. They cause us to ask questions. Sometimes even 
Where is God in the midst of it all? Quite rightly, I think, sometimes we, we, we do stop. We say, why? Why this? Why, why now? Why has God allowed something like this to happen? I'm so glad that the Bible is not silent about pain or grief or sorrow or anguish. In fact, it's very open about it, raw even at times. Many, many verses, chapters, almost entire books that are dedicated to the process of responding to these kinds of moments. Psalms, many of the Psalms. Job, Lamentations, Jeremiah, full of writers pouring out their hearts to God. Pouring out their hearts. But at the same time, God's word wonderfully and gloriously speaks of this hope that we can have in God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Speaks of his greatness and his glory that we've just been singing of speaks of his love and his mercy, his faithfulness despite the circumstances, despite what may be going on around us, which may impact us very personally at times. I think it's fair to say that when we face moments of grief or pain or shock, we can essentially respond in one of two ways. We can either run towards God or we can run away from him. Brothers and sisters, I want to say, if our God is who we say he is, if we believe him to be, he is big enough. He is big enough to handle our questions, our grief, our pain, our anguish. If he is big enough, then we are encouraged to run towards him, towards him, not away from him. I want to just repeat Psalm 61, these first five verses, just added in a couple of bits there, but I've just been meditating on this, just want to highlight, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call you. There is a sense here with the psalmist, it's like I've been removed from, from what I know and recognize. I've been removed from, from the place where I would normally be. I, I'm at the ends of the earth. I'm at the ends of myself. I think that's the sense here. I call as my heart grow faint. Other translations use the word there, overwhelmed. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the current situation that I find myself. And then you've got this phrase, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I love the New Living Translation, the towering rock of safety. Isn't that wonderful? That's one of the reasons why it's worth just, on, when you, uh, if you're online looking, there'll often be other versions that you can look at. Have a look at other versions, because they'll just highlight and help. The towering rock of safety. For you have been my refuge. A strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your your tent forever. Come back to that in a moment. But that's talking about the place of God's presence. I long to be with you, close to you. Take refuge in the shout of your wings, for you have heard my vows. You've given me the heritage of those who fear your name. 
See, even in these five short verses, there is a journey. It's actually quite a significant journey. You think, well, where's the, where's the journey? But it starts in verses 1 and 2 with anguish, desperation. Just that, it's very real. That's where it starts, this journey. But it ends in verse 5 with confident assurance, even hope for the future. Let's just briefly go on that journey for a moment. There is a learning and a growing and a responding that has to happen. This is how I am. This is where I'm at. I, the, I believe the Bible gives us permission to grieve. I believe the Bible gives us permission to say, it hurts. I believe it does. I very sadly, more than once, have had to minister to people historically, not here in this church. But I remember one lady particularly was in, in a right state because the church she was in told her off quite severely because she was grieving over her husband had died. And, I, and I, I thought about all the scriptures. Now, if we stay in grief and don't move on to hope, then something's not right. But there is a moment, there are moments of pain, there are moments of shock, there are moments of, of, of anxiousness. And the scripture is, is very clear, the psalmist to hear. I, I feel lost, I, I, feel, I feel broken, I, you know, this is challenging situation but there is a, a immediately there's a beginning to to grow and respond so in two and three and four I, I begin to think and reflect first comes a recognizing in two and three that our God is greater than we are it's how we've really begun this year isn't it some of the things we've been saying over the last couple of Sundays we've been talking about who our God is uh, and his greatness, but also that his ways are higher than our ways. Wasn't that was the first Sunday of the year? He is the rock that is higher than I. Psalm, uh, Isaiah 55, a couple of weeks ago. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're so much high, higher than ours. That I asked that question, didn't I? I said, a left field God, question mark. Is he a left-field God? Does he do things as shock and surprise on purpose? Or is it that actually as we get to know him, we're not so shocked at what God is doing? The shock is ours. I thought God would work in this way. And there is, there is a shock. But he is sovereign. His ways are so much higher than ours. The psalmist is already beginning to say, but yours, yours is the greatness. But also this recognition that he's this strong tower. A towering rock of safety. A, a, a place of hope. You get many of these images in the Old Testament of, uh, of warfare and of, of refuge and so on. It very much is there in the Old Testament. A place where I can run to and find refuge. A place where I can come. Even I can cling on to the altar. And if I'm holding the altar, I'm not allowed to be killed. Like a, it's this funny picture about the horns. You think, well, what on earth is that all about? It's a bit like this kind of picture. I'm holding on. I've run into a place of refuge. And I can't, I can't be beaten. I can't be killed. And the psalmist is, is coming and saying, it's this tower. If, you've ever, if any of you have done Lord of the Rings and those kind of things, right, the, you know, they're... they're um, they're backing off, aren't they? Backing off and backing off. And where do they almost inevitably end up? 
in the tower because it's this place of strong, the stronghold, the place of refuge. And so the psalmist is, is coming and, and looking to that and saying, it's a place of refuge. And in that recognition of who God is, his nature and his character, a confidence grows. A confidence grows. Our God is indeed there in the pain. He invites us to dwell in his tent. I pull, pull up a little picture here. This, this picture, you think, again, what's this tent? It's the tabernacle at this time. The tent, the place of meeting God, God's presence going, somebody has done a mock-up of how it might be imagined. They've looked at all the scriptures. But it's the place where God is dwelling with his people as they're on the move. You've got the pillar of uh, a fire and cloud and so on, and then, of course, ultimately the temple. But now we have the presence of God with us and in us all by his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We don't have to unpack a tent and put it up, build a temple I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you. And so the psalmist is saying, I, I come into your presence. That's where I want to be. I want to stay close. I'm, I'm not going to run. It is painful. It does hurt. But I'm going to come towards, not away. I'm going to come towards. And, and we're able to say, I believe, with the psalmist, he has heard our prayers. He's heard our prayers. He's not, he's not distant from us. I've struck even over the last couple of weeks, I've been uh, either seeing physically or speaking to Glenn pretty much every day, and others of you have, I know, as well. But I know, he said more than once, and Helen said to me, I don't know how people who don't know Christ do this. I don't know how they do this. This sense. Now, that didn't mean that there wasn't frustration. That didn't mean that, you know, one of those last texts that, that Glenn sent, sent out, he's like, my hope is being challenged. He was very real about that. But each of us, as we prayed with him, sat with him and Helen and talked with him, they're immediately they're welcoming of the presence of God. The Spirit just coming there in the room. So it might accurately be said in this way, and I think it's, we can say this, the psalmist grieves with hope. The psalmist grieves with hope. You might say, you can't have both those words. Yes, you can. Grieving is real, but grieving with hope. And this little section then finishes with this phrase, you have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Again, I love the message translation of this. You have made me welcome among those who know you and love you. And here we are together today. We are together as a people who know the Lord and love the Lord. Amen? And we encourage one another and we strengthen one another. In a moment when we take communion, um, at the beginning of the year, I sort of encouraged us to almost to individually set our, the, the year before the Lord's. But I, today I want to say, don't let there be any individual. Let's be together. Let's encourage one another. But that word heritage, certainly for me, I, I mold about heritage. I'm now of a, an age and stage and I seem to get more and more involved in people's wills and all sorts of things like that. And my own father's uh, passing uh, 
fairly recently and so on. But you think about heritage and what is heritage. I even looked it up. But it's something that has been passed. It's being given. But it's also something that is, for many of us, is still to come. There, there is a, an inheritance. But, but heritage is also about what we've received. And the psalmist, the reason the psalmist doesn't run away, although it's painful, it's, no, I've received something in God. And these are moments, these are times, as we come to communion, these are moments to say, we thank you, Lord, for who we are in you. We thank you for dying for us. But we also believe in your resurrection. I'm going to read about that in just a moment. And so we have this heritage But it's also something that's gone before into eternity that we lay hold of as well. That we're fixing our eyes forward into what God has for us. Is this encouraging? Is this helpful? I've been placed into the family of God's people. It's a place where I can be real. It's okay to be real. It's okay to say it hurts. It's a place where... We can draw alongside one another. It's one of the things that struck me about Glyn. He was able to be very real about, you know, this. Suddenly his world was shrinking rapidly in, in front of him. But he said, he said to myself and to Peter Sadler, he said, right, Operation Trust begins, he said. Love that phrase, Operation Trust. And this is because I have an heritage. This is real, it's challenging, but I'm going to trust the Lord. We draw strength and assurance from the one who hears us, the one who is higher than I. And so when we use word, the word hope at times like this, it's that our focus, our attention is drawn to God, a God who is not immune from the sufferings of his people, who does not stay silent while we suffer, but a God who has actively involved himself in our world, of course, through the person of his precious Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We are drawn to this ultimate hope of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is that because of what he has done, That even in physical death, in suffering, in loss, there is eternal life that goes beyond the grave. Amen? Jesus, quite literally, is the rock that is higher than I. He's the rock that is higher than I. And in him, we take refuge. In him, we find shelter. So, I want us to come together to share communion. There's a Brief thought that I want to send us out with in just a few moments, but I want us to take communion together. I want us to give thanks again to the Lord Jesus Christ for all that he has accomplished for us, but I also want us to pray for one another. So take, take time. Some of you will have known Glenn very well and be feeling uh, a mixture of things. Pray for one another. If you don't know, pray for Helen again and the family But let's give thanks, let's pray together. But also, let's focus on this life that was given for us and that in his life given for us, he's also risen from the dead. And so we are are looking beyond 
with the psalmist. We're looking beyond seeing that heritage uh, that we have. Now, perhaps the worship team could come back. They're going to play a piece of music um, that uh, Steve wrote a little while ago. Some of you will know it. Very powerful, but I think it will really help us. But as they uh, come to do that... um, is, is Hannah around? Is she? Can you? Is she helping with the kids? Is she? Okay. Do you want to do it? You're right. Yeah. Okay. Let me. Um, let me read two very famous scriptures to you. First one, one Corinthians fifteen, verse twelve. If it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen in sleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. John eleven seventeen. when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany's only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. Many of the people come to console Martha and Mary at their loss. Martha got word Jesus was coming. She went to meet him. Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this, brothers and sisters? As we take communion together, yes, Lord, she told him, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. What I'd like us to do is to listen. You may even like to to join in with some of the words of this song, and then we're going to share communion together. Let's, uh, if you are not yet a believer in the Lord Jesus, if you're not yet sure what his death and resurrection means to you, I want to ask you not to take communion, but to consider carefully 
the things that we've been saying, that you can know that hope today. You can know it today. Even today, you can say, Lord Jesus Christ, I receive you as my Saviour. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to understand and receive your resurrection life in my life. And then, please, then do take communion together. So let's spend this time in reflection and communion. Just uh, want to finish with um, perhaps what it's quite a personal reflection this week, but I just felt it's important for each of us to to hear. And uh, even in the prayer meeting this morning, God was just felt God was really speaking to us as a body uh, and as a people. Um, when when something fairly sudden like this happens, and we, we will have experienced these things, and, and we will continue to do, I know. But I don't know about you, but as I said a little bit earlier, it, it makes you stop, and it, and it makes you analyse some things. Maybe you find yourself having a conversation with someone who's close to you, or certainly, like me, a conversation with yourself, but Jackie and I have certainly chatted about some of these things this week. And I, I was struck by one of those phrases about making the most of every opportunity. I said, to, I said to Ashley, and of course we can quote little bits of scripture, can't we? And <clears throat> it says, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And I said, oh, is that relevant? And Ashley just wonderfully said to me, he said, but what is evil? It's all that is not of God. <laughs> And that we live in a world that is impacted constantly by that which is not of God. We live in days which are evil and it, and it attacks even our very flesh. <laughs> and yet the word of the Lord comes to us to make the most of every opportunity. And... Uh, I've just been struck by that, and I, I just want to bring that to you. I don't, I don't want to make Glyn out to be some sort of saint. I, I, those of you who knew Glyn well, if he was here right now, he'd do one of his funny little laughs. <laughs> he and I used to have a, a funny little joke about Eeyore, but any, that may or may not make some, any understanding to some of you. But I seem to manage to get away with it. But... One of the things that struck a number of us, and I think, and, and even Ashley and I as we were reflecting this week, was that even in the midst of quite a challenging diagnosis, he wanted to keep going forward with as much faith as he could muster. And that would be a Glenn word again as well, muster. To go as much as I can muster, I'm going to... But it wasn't just a sort of an works effort. It's no, I want to serve. I want, I want to serve, you know. So last Sunday, he actually picked up the sermon and was working with Chris on, on getting that onto YouTube. He's like, you know, what he said, his words were, what are the things that I can still do at the moment? And I want to commend that attitude to you. He wanted to keep going forward, willing to serve and be involved where possible. And... I'm struck 
Whether it be an age thing, whether it be an Isle of Wight thing, I don't think it's just Isle of Wight. But I think there are moments when it is easy to sit back a bit. Particularly if you've encountered pain. If you've encountered challenge. If you've encountered issues and situations. I've had people, no names here really, but I've had people say to me over the last six plus years now, people said, well, I've come to the Isle of Wight to get away from whatever it was that had happened. <laughs> and maybe some of you, you go, yeah, that, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not looking at anyone, okay? I, it, it, I'm not trying to make a comment to anyone directly. But I know that in life, we can, do you know what? Life gets rough. Life gets tough. It's painful. So, hey, do you know what? Let's sit back. Let's retire. Let's take things a bit easier. That's understandable, particularly if you've suffered a lot of pain, if you've had some big challenges, that, uh, that's understandable. You, you, you can justify every excuse for, do you know what? Let's just take things a bit easier. But I believe that the principle of the kingdom and the principle of our Lord Jesus Christ is that he calls us on. He calls us to press on, to look forward in faith. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Taking hold of the promises of God. I will, I'll never forget that, that first week when I was talking to Glenn, he said, right, he said, Operation Trust begins. I just loved that. You know, it, I say, he, he wasn't a saint. He wouldn't have called himself one at all. But I, I loved that attitude. I'm going to press on. I'm going to take hold. It is easy to sit back. So just as we come to a conclusion Got to need to collect the children in a moment, have some refreshments together. Just reflect for a moment. Is there something you've been putting off? Is there an area where your faith has been robbed? The enemy likes to rob us, sometimes it's very subtle. You found yourself being cynical, bitter. You've allowed your faith to be robbed, and yet the Lord is calling you again today. He wants to restore that faith. He wants to restore that relationship with Him. He wants to equip, enable, and empower you for the things that He's called you to. Is there something that you know the Lord spoken to you about in the past and you've, you've put it down? You've let it slip. There, maybe there's a gift, a calling of God and you say, yeah, I put that down because it was painful, it was challenging. Just feel that this morning the... The Lord is calling us as a church, as a people, as individuals. There's this wonderful picture we've been given to enter through that gate, into that field, the field of the more of God. 
there are some things that we need to leave behind. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind. It doesn't mean dismissing, but I leave those things and I press on. To pick up that picture, that prophetic picture that Mike gave us, I enter in through the gates, through repentance, through certain things leaving behind, and I press on. Press on. I encourage you just to come to the Lord right now. Ask him for his help, his strength, his wisdom. Lord, I want to ask that faith would rise again. Where faith has been lost or robbed, let faith rise again in these days. We might be a people who live by faith. There may be things that you need to covenant with the Lord, you need to go and put right or just get before him, seek his, ask others to pray, seek his face. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 16 May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen. Amen.